Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. But right now, we're going to hear from our Palmerston North Campus pastor, Shannon Hatch. We just know you'll enjoy today's message. Acts 2 verse 1, it says this. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them this utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the crowd came together and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. Peter said, but this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And in the last days, God says, I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will have visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit and they shall prophesy. Verse 22, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as yourselves know, this man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed him to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Verse 24, but God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you for today. We thank You that it's Pentecost Sunday. We thank You that we can come around Your Word and the worship of You. Lord, we pray that Your presence fill this room and every room that is tuning into this Word, God. Would You touch our lives? Would You touch our hearts today that we would never be the same, God? Draw us closer to You today in the Name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Come on, praise God as you grab a seat. Thank you so much, team. You know, Pentecost, is, as Chris was saying, is traditionally the celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But it's not just a historical moment. We believe that same Spirit of Christ is still pouring Himself out over every person who calls on His name and turns to Him today. It was not just a pouring out thousands of years ago, but the Holy Spirit is here to pour Himself out onto any person who turns to Him today. The coming of the Lord's Spirit is fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, a divine plan that God was working out. How He would lead His people, how His kingdom would continue to be established and how the presence of God would dwell in each and every person that call on the name of the Lord. This day, this moment, not just about anointing, It's not just about receiving a gift. It's not just about the receiving of tongues or power or blessing. This moment is part of God's continued plan to fulfill His covenant with all people that turn to Him and call upon His name. To connect creation back to Creator. To connect person of God back to presence of God. To be His people and for Him to be our God. It is a continued plan, praise God. 
But to understand this fulfillment of this divine plan, we have to go back to the giving of the celebration. And in the Old Testament, it was called the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. And it was given to the Israelites by God through the law of Moses after the great Exodus, Exodus chapter 23. It was the day after seven weeks post-Passover, 49 days plus 150, where we get the Greek word Pentecost, meaning 50th. I'm going to read out a couple of verses of Moses' sermon teaching the Israelites again or reminding them of these feasts and these laws. Deuteronomy 16.1 says, Observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night. And you shall offer the Passover sacrifice to the Lord your God from the flock or from the herd at the place the Lord will choose to make his name dwell there. Verse 9. Then you shall count seven weeks, begin to count the seven weeks from the time the sickle is first put to the standing grain. Then, now, then you shall keep the feast of weeks to the Lord your God with the tribute of a freewill offering from your hand, which you shall give as the Lord your God blesses you. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God. And catch this, you, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, the Levite who is within your towns, the sojourner, the fathers, the widow, all who are among you. At the place the Lord your God will choose to make his name dwell there. And you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and you shall be careful to observe these statutes. These feasts were law given by God to the people of Israel that linked their thanksgiving and worship to Yahweh for their deliverance from oppression and captivity from the grip and hold that Egypt had over them. And now to serve as a light, set apart people, a nation for God. Freedom as a people of God. A law that would enable His presence to dwell with them physically. But as people do, we see people walk away from the ways of God. And all throughout the Old Testament, we see people forget the law of God, forget such things and Judges chapter one talks about after Joshua died, there were a group of elders and after those elders died, there rose a generation who forgot the ways of the Lord and did not remember the mighty things at his hand, how they delivered them out of Egypt. And they failed and people continue to fail and they would end up dispersing themselves and be kicked out of the nation or eventually into exile post the king's wickedness and sin, apostate living. They chose to worship false gods. They came under spiritual influence of principalities, things that were not of God. They could no longer be a light to the nation, set apart nation of God, and the temple would be destroyed and the presence of God could not dwell among them. But what I love is we see a redemptive plan all through the Scriptures. Through the Psalms, through the prophets, we see God say, I I don't want this. I I, I need my people back. And I love this verse in Psalm 82, 8. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. God wanted justice for His people. He wanted them back. There was no way that the Lord would leave His nations to eventual destruction, to the hold of death and sin. He wanted them set free from spiritual captivity once and for all. And a plan was made known while they were in exile. A prophecy came through the prophet Jeremiah and it says this, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. 
Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will now make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. And I will write it on their hearts and I shall be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of these to the greatest of these declares the Lord. I will forgive them their iniquity and remember their sins no more. We see a redemptive plan being made known to those who walked away, to those who are crying out for deliverance, those who are needing their God. He sends them a word through Jeremiah saying, we broke the covenant of old, but because I love you, I will make a new covenant with you. A prophecy of salvation. Something not earned, but something freely given to redeem His people. A covenant broken, but God would send another. Amen. But this time to the heart of each person. We now see a covenant of God wanting to write itself on the law of each individual, on the heart of men and women, something that would cause them not just to know God, not just knowledge of God, but to know God with intimacy. And so we see through Jeremiah, something's about to happen. We see through Ezekiel how it's going to happen in chapter 36, verse 24. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all countries and bring you into your own land. Can you see what's happening here? I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The holiness of the great name of our God would be vindicated. He is going to gather His people from every nation, from exile, from being dispersed. He will bring them into their own land. And this time the law of God would be written on their hearts. They will be cleansed. They will get the Spirit put within them to guide them in His ways once again. And so we see that God's doing a new thing. He's about to send a new covenant. We see now through Ezekiel how he's going to do it. And then we see through Isaiah who he's going to do it through. Chapter 42, behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen and whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the nations. Verse six, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. We see that he's about to send a new covenant. We see that it involves the law being written on the hearts of men and women, the spirit to be put within them. And then we see that he's gonna do it through a chosen servant. This great heart of God for his people to bring salvation back to them, but not only salvation, but to give them his own spirit. After all they had done, after they had broken covenant, as they had been freed from captivity, they decided to walk back into it. Where did this mercy come from? Where did this compassion come from? God had already rescued them once and they turned away from it. Now God had to come rescue them again. And I love this verse in Isaiah 43, speaking to the nation of Israel. Verse four, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. And I love you. 
Out of the love he has for creation, he was willing to send his one and only begotten son. Through this, he was now going to put his spirit and his law on our heart to create a level of intimacy that his people had never quite had before. That as cloud, fire and pillar guided his nation once, cloud, fire and pillar would now be in the hearts of men and women guiding each individual closer to him. He was coming to set his people free from captivity and oppression. And then Jesus echoes these words of Isaiah in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Just as in the days of captivity in Egypt, The blood of the lamb wiped across the doorways would allow the angel of death to pass over the homes of his people, pass over the sons of his people. They would be set free from a physical oppression and captivity and they would journey to the mountain of the Lord and then receive the law of God through Moses to make them a light to the nations, to be set apart and for the presence of God to dwell there. And just like then... Just like then, a great spiritual exodus was happening. From the holds of death and sin, as 1 Corinthians 5 says, Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb, blood spilt on the cross so that death would pass over his sons and daughters once again. They would be freed from spiritual captivity, spiritual oppression, and days later, they would receive the law once again, but this time not through tablets, this time through the Spirit of the living God on each and every heart. Can you see what's happening here? Where there was a physical exodus, there is now a spiritual exodus. That men and women would be free from spiritual oppression, spiritual captivity, and death would pass over us once again for all those who call on the name of Jesus Christ. All those who call on the name of Jesus Christ. A sound of a rushing wind came. Tongues of fire fell on each one of them, and the final peace of the new covenant would be fulfilled. His people would be set apart again. His people would be able to be a light to the nation once again. His people would be able to now have the presence of God once again, but this time not in temple or camp, although that is the case, but also in the individual lives of every believer. As Corinthians 6 says, Paul says this, you are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. Church Pentecost is an act of love a a, a promise fulfilled from our God, an act of faithfulness towards us as an individual, but also as an assembly of believers. And just like his heart towards those who left him in the past, he's saying to anyone who is willing to listen now, you are precious and honoured in his eyes. And because he loves you, because he loves you, if you call on his name, he will save you and set you free again and put the Holy Spirit within you. As a band joins me, as God freed, or as death could not hold Jesus, death can no longer hold every servant of His. Every person that has come to Jesus, to come to know Him, to be filled with the Spirit, to call on His name, death can no longer hold you. We have been freed. As Jesus said in the start of his public ministry, Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled. 
The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. It's now up to us. Sometimes I think we forget what the word covenant means. It's a conditional agreement of the promises of God. His love is unconditional. But there is a condition to have the promises of God. There is an exchange. Where God so loved His people, even though they were far from Him, even though they were far off, sons and daughters, every person had, had turned away from His ways. He said, I, my love for you is too great. I have to send you a new covenant and this time I'm gonna do it through my son. And then when you accept Him, the Spirit of my Son would fill you to win you back from the hold of death that is upon you, to win you back from the captivity that sin holds on you so that you can live eternally with me, set apart in this life, a light to all others so that you can be redeemed, but so can your neighbour, so can your family member, so can every person around you. Back to Pentecost. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent. Each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call to Himself. Church, there is no offering, no sacrifice greater than Jesus Christ. He paid the price for us once and for all. There is no other covenant to come. There is no other sacrifice to come. There is nothing greater than receiving the Spirit of the Son Himself. This is it. The Kingdom of Heaven is near. The day of the Lord is close. My friend, it's now our turn to do our part in this covenant. Jesus, out of His unconditional love, God, out of His unconditional love, has made a way that we may come back to Him through this new covenant. But now it is our turn to do our part. There is no other sacrifice to come. As Hebrews says, there is no other offering to come. This is it. The day of the Lord is near. And if you do not know Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of His mercies. My friend, He did all this for you. Why? Because He loves you. You are precious in His eyes, even if you are far off. And His Word says, love covers a multitude of sins. Whatever life has delivered you, Jesus has brought you freedom. Whatever you have done in this life, Jesus has brought you forgiveness. And if you feel empty, Jesus has brought you his presence to dwell within you. This Pentecost 2023, let him in. Return to him. Have a change of direction if your life is not with him. For he did all this for you to come to a head at this moment, fulfillment of the new covenant that you would receive Christ and receive his spirit and be a born again, Holy Ghost filled believer. Let him forgive you and remember your sins no would you stand with me all over this place if it's appropriate online? Maybe just close your eyes and spend a moment with God right now. Just let Him make it real in your life. At this moment. Let His presence touch you in this place.
Pentecost is so much more than just the Spirit being poured out. It is the final piece of fulfillment of everything that God has done for you. Because you are precious in His eyes. You are honoured because He loves you. Even if you are far off. He's saying, come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. And before we move on with the service, I just want to give every person an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Then we're going to get into some Holy Spirits. But before we do that, accept the Lord Jesus Christ, everything He has done for you. Let Him make it real in your life. Be free from spiritual oppression, captivity. Be free from sin and death. The hold that it has over us through Christ, through the cross, through His blood spilt, through the Spirit, we are now free. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life, my friend, this day is the perfect day to do it. Or maybe you're in this place online, maybe you just feel like today is a day you need to recommit that decision for you feel far off from it. To invite Jesus into your life to be your Lord and your Savior. So across this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe if you can online, wherever you are, just have a moment with God. And I want you to ask yourself this question just internally. Jesus, Am I in a right relationship with you? Are you my Lord and Savior? And if you don't know 100% yes to that question, then my friend, make that 100% yes today. Invite Jesus into your life. For the first time, maybe it's a recommitment. With every head bow, every eye closed, I'm gonna count to three. And if you need Jesus in this place today, would you raise your hand and receive Jesus today in this place? Amen. For the first time, maybe recommitment on three, just lift the hand and say, Jesus, come and fill my life right now. On this day, in this room, come and fill my life. Be my Lord and be my Saviour. On three, if that is you in this place, lift that hand. One, two, three. Just lift that hand in this place. Say, Jesus, that is me. Jesus, that is me. Jesus, that is me. Hallelujah. Thank you up there. Thank you. Awesome. If you're online, maybe just say that prayer. Just ask that in. In your room, wherever you are, Jesus, come and be my Lord and Saviour. Hands in this place, amen. Put them down if that's you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer and then we're going to go on to worship. Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that He is Lord and believe in your heart that He died and rose again, then you'll be saved. It's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing confession and belief, but this is the catalyst moment for every person. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Wherever you are in this room online, I want you to repeat this line after me. And if you made a decision this morning, believe it in your heart and say these words with your mouth. Come on, every person, church is gonna support you this morning. Every person pray this prayer, one line after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank You that You died on the cross for me. I ask that You come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Saviour. Forgive me of all my sins and help me live my life with You. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen, Amen. Come on, can we praise God for every person accepting Jesus in this place today? We see a couple of things at Pentecost. We see the the receiving of the Holy Spirit, but we see an outpouring of His anointing power. Jesus said in Acts 1, while staying with them, He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem 
but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse eight, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. To the end of the earth. There was an indwelling personhood of the Holy Spirit within us, the the Spirit of Christ. But then there was a clothing of anointing power for every believer that came upon us to continue the things of Christ in this earth. And Scripture gives us a clear picture that there is this anointing power. Jesus led by example in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. See here, anointed with both spirit and power. This anointing power to see the continued ministry of Christ on this earth once He ascended, seated at the right hand of the Father, gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to do greater things than even He on this earth, as the Scripture says, for greater is He that is within us than He that is of the world. The same word power that God gave Jesus is the same word power that Jesus said we will give you as His disciples. It means miraculous power, able or ability to perform it. Hallelujah, what a gift. The Holy Spirit would fill us, it would teach us, convict us, guide us, draw us closer to Christ, but also clothe us in His power to those willing to be as Christ commanded His witnesses to continue to see the work of the ministry, to see the healing power of Jesus be the healing power of today, to see the prophetic power of old be the prophetic power today, to see the the deliverance power of old be the deliverance power of today, because Holy Spirit wasn't a historical moment. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is active and living today. Deliverance is active and living today. Healing is active and delivered today. He is here and His power that was on Jesus is here to be on us as His witnesses. And this Acts 1 moment paralleled in Mark 16, and I want you to get this. He said to them, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes in me is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after He had spoken to them, was taken up to heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Our Lord established a kingdom here on earth. And He established His living temple in every believer to have the Spirit within us. His desire for us is to be His witnesses here on earth. And because that's His will for us, He has given us power. He has given us ability to be able to perform it. Why? To vindicate the holiness of His great name. God would not mock His own name. He would not shame His own name by sending people out there with no ability, no power. He has clothed you with power from on high so that you can continue to see the ministry and works of Jesus Christ in this day and age. One more moment. 
We read in the first part of the message, Ezekiel 36, to show us how it was going to happen. Ezekiel 37 shows us what's going to happen because of it. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling. The bones came together, bone to bone, and I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them. Flesh had come upon them, skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, Son of Man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, breathe on these saints so that, may, that, so that they may live. So I prophesied, and as He commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. They stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. My Bible says that when the Spirit was poured out, Peter took his stand with the other 11. The beginning of an exceedingly great army. They stood to their feet. Not a living temple of fear, not a living temple of self-centeredness, not a living temple of knee-shaking, timid, slandering people, but an army of Christ-believing, Holy Ghost-anointed, prophesying people of visionaries and dreamers. They will see the sick healed. They will see the oppressed set free. They will see the captives know freedom because the power of the living God is within them and it is on them. And they will wage war against every spiritual principality, not against flesh and blood, but against everything that keeps them captive. They will go out and see every demon flee to the pit of hell that it came from. Every bind of the devil loosened because the power of God is on them. Church, you are that army. You are the army of the living God. And His Holy Spirit is being poured out upon you. Every person lift your hand in this place. The church is not a house of passiveness. The church is not a house of weakness. It's an assembly of Holy Ghost filled and anointed people. An army to see the continued work of Christ ministered throughout the nations. I did not give you a spirit of fear or timidity. I gave you a spirit of power, a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. And through that power, through the Holy Spirit, we will wage war against everything that keeps God's people from Him. Because we are anointed. And we are set free ourselves. We are redeemed. Therefore, the will of Christ would be that we help see every other person redeemed. Holy Spirit. We're going to keep worshipping. But as we worship, I want you to receive an anointing power from on high. I want you to, as Acts says, to be continually filled with the Spirit. Because as Chris said at the start of this day, God is leading us into something new. 
There are gifts and talents on each and every one of our lives that need to be fanned to flame, that God hasn't put on us so that they can sit on the couch, but God has put on us so that we can see every captive set free through the power of God, every oppressed set free, that the blind may see, that the sick be healed. There is something on your life. Let the Holy Ghost anoint it and let it be an active ministry in this life. Amen. Every person lift your hand, online lift your hand. We're gonna receive from the Holy Spirit. Let me pray and let us worship. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Father, we thank You that You've given us the gift of power from on high to see Your continued ministry on this earth, to see every sick person healed, to see every captive set free, to see the oppressed loosened, every bind of the devil be loosened, every demon sent back to the pit of hell. Father, there is an exceedingly great army of Holy Ghost filled, Holy Ghost anointed people in this church. Would You pour Yourself out upon each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.